Hello, and welcome back to Sass, Stories, and Sarcasm. We're your hosts, Brian and Mary, and this is episode 51. Yeah, this week we have three segments for you. First, we're going to talk about how millennials are saving the houseplant industry. Um, second, we're going to talk about The Bachelorette and give you an update on that. The first week was uh, on Monday. And then lastly, we're going to go over some weird news. But first, Brian, what's been going on for you this week? Well, this week, it's been more or less me just reminiscing about the good times on campus <laughs> because uh, I decided to stay one week after school ended just to gather my things and my thoughts and be sentimental and all that. I think I'm going to go take a picture of myself by the bulldog, actually, later on today. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that. And then I'm tomorrow I'm actually flying home. So I'm super excited about that and ready but for the next phase you've been job searching also not just reminiscing <laughs> yes i've been week. job searching as well <laughs> job searching and reminiscing mostly job searching but yes i'm uh-huh. super excited to uh move on to the next phase of my life how That's about you mary exciting uh, anything dramatic happened to you this weekend or this week uh i mean yesterday chip and i went to a concert at the tacoma dome we went to see thomas rett he is a one of the most popular uh, country singers right now and he was a really good performer uh it was really fun uh so what did he sing about do you sing about like his farm <laughs> um no i mean some of the more popular songs that he has uh you might have heard them are vacation look what god gave her is one of his newer ones um, one song that i really like is called remember you young i would recommend listening to that one and okay. also uh t-shirt is also a very good song um uh-uh. What? I will look them up. Okay, <laughs> I will yes. look them up. <laughs> yeah, so that was really fun. And uh, it was at the Tacoma Dome, so it took a little time to get to and from there. But Key Arena is closed in Seattle because they're redoing it. And so concerts are all kind of happening at the Tacoma Dome for a while. But okay. that's okay. And then also, um, I started this class called The Science of Wellbeing online um, on this website called Coursera. Uh, it's free. My friend Emily told me about it a few weeks or a few months ago, but I just started it yesterday. And it, it kind of covers some of the things I learned in my happiness class in college, but um, I just started and I'm probably going to go over it on the podcast in a week or two once I get more into the class, but it's pretty interesting. Yeah. I, actually, when you said that, that reminded me of your philosophy of happiness class. Yeah. And uh, so is this like. Are you just doing this as like a fun, entertaining thing? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you like that class so much? Yeah. So Emily yeah. recommended the class, and then it's taught by a Yale professor, I guess. And um, so far, yeah, so fancy. I'm Ivy League now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and basically, it's like three hours a week. I mean, you can do it all on your own time, and it there's quizzes and stuff. I took my oh, first okay. quiz. I got five out of six. So. Oh, very. You got to get six out of six. I mean, I had only to get 80% to pass the quiz. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it's fine. But, uh, yeah, it's I'm liking it so far. Basically, it's just been the intro. But, yeah. Yeah. I've never actually done a Coursera class, but you're going to have to keep us uh, up to date on how this one's going because that sounds super interesting. Yeah, I was thinking it'd be kind of fun. And it's free to take most of the classes. And then you can also pay to get like a, I mean, I wouldn't do it for like this type of class, but you can pay like $50 to get a certificate that you can put on your LinkedIn. So if I was going to do more like a, something that's more related to my job, then I might pay. I mean, if I was doing like data analytics or, huh? (laughs) You could do some sort of counseling work on the side. I don't know. Counseling. I don't do counseling. Probably not. 
What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I don't know. I just figured, like, like science of well-being, you could be giving out good oh. emotional advice to everyone. <laughs> I do that for free already. Oh, okay. To okay, my I friends. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So that's what I've been up to. And uh, it's been pretty nice in Seattle. And I've recovered from the great plant wall disaster of 2019. Um, right. They're fixing the wall. Uh, I call it maintenance. And they're fixing the wall. And... Uh, should be good to go probably by next week and then i'll start the rebuilding process um a few plants have died since that happened last weekend and so oh, is this a fall fall related injury yeah death? uh yeah oh, it just no. kind of <laughs> fell apart so you have to rebuild and figure out a new system for my plants um but yeah so it's been a good week anyway. And next week is Memorial Day weekend, and next Tuesday, the 28th, is your birthday. Yep. So Very true. you're almost 25. Thank you. <laughs> I feel old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm 25 and a half, so don't feel old. Okay. All right, so for our first segment, I wanted to go over this super interesting article that I um, I've read a bunch of articles about it, actually, this week. But it's basically how millennials are saving the houseplant industry. And like I just mentioned in the intro, I have been really into plants and succulents and all that stuff for a while. Um, but everyone knows that millennials or American millennials are have been accused of dooming all sorts of things, all sorts of industries. Like oh, right. <laughs> the beer industry, the golf industry, cereal industry, blah, 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 goes on and on. Um, right. but they, but we have been credited with the revival of the houseplant industry. Here's a quick fact. In the past three years, U.S. sales have surged from, uh, surged almost 50% from, oh, sorry. U.S. sales have surged almost 50% to 1.7 billion, according to the National Gardening, Gardening Association. And they say this might be because lots of millennials are delaying parenthood and, Plants have become the new pets, and people are trying uh-huh. to fulfill a desire to connect with nature. And this is also also connects to my intro or the intro segment, um, the blossoming wellness movement. So I'm taking the science of well being class, and so all of this just basically, I'm a basic millennial female, okay. I guess. Well, that's uh, very <laughs> uplifting. <laughs> um, but anyways, the houseplant business boomed in the 1970s when uh, hippies really snapped up spider plants and made macrame hangers for them. I made a macrame hanger on my plant wall that fell down, but uh, <laughs> um, then sales kind of declined. But today in the age of Instagram, the Swiss cheese leafed Monstera plant and fiddle leaf, fiddle leaf fig have become um, really popular. Uh, and yeah, so there's lots of new startups for these uh, houseplant sales because, like everything, more and more people don't want to like have to go to a specialized uh, plant store. They don't have access to it, and they don't really want to go to like Home Depot or Walmart to get their right. plants. They went more of like a like a local store. Yeah. Sort of. Well, they okay. want like a luxury experience type right. of thing, and they want to be able to buy it online. So there's a okay. few. There's a uh, one called. I keep getting ads for both of these, but um, Bloomscape is one of them, and The Sill is another website. Um, the Sill it has 7.5 billion in venture funding, venture funding, and it's based in New York. 
and basically they want to build their business like Warby Parker built their business online, the eyeglass company, and um, they want to build, make, move everything online to for plant shopping. Okay. So yeah. would they like ship a plant to you then? Yeah. So, oh, which is pretty really cool. Deep. I haven't used it yet, but I want to. I'm going to really do probably do it when I rebuild my plant area, not plant wall, plant plant area. Oh, okay. So it's, it's more than just a wall. It's just a whole area. Well, it's not going to be on the wall at all. Oh, okay. That's right. I'm not hanging anything on that wall ever again. <laughs> um, but here's a quick fact from the National Gardening Association. Um, here are like social media sites like Instagram have fueled a resurgence in sales of indoor plants in uh, 2014, the average annual household spending on uh, indoor plants was about $30, and it's slowly risen, and now, as of 2018, um, average household spends about $50 on plants per year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, also, on Instagram, lots of hashtags have become very, very popular and have gotten, like, just as many tags with them as, like... So, like, one of the examples was uh pl- hashtag plants of instagram it had just as many posts on it as hashtag new york yankees oh wow mm-hmm. they're, they're catching up to the yankees they yeah must be really popular <laughs> yeah so i just think it's very interesting how plants have become really trendy again and um yeah i guess in this tech filled world we still want to be one with nature and so you know just... i actually i appreciate that 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 seems pretty cool like i haven't put much thought into like decorating my future home or apartment with plants but you know what i might just do that now and i'll i'll be sure to ask you for your advice mary (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean clearly i'm not the best plant keeper expert (laughs) i'm not the best plant keeper but i mean i try (laughs) okay that's good enough (laughs) yeah so yeah just keep on uh buying plants and i'm probably going to try out that website the sill and so We'll see if it works. And I guess they have a return policy if you kill the plant or something like that within a certain amount of time or if the plant dies. So that will be good too. <laughs> so for our next segment, we're going to do a Bachelorette recap. So far, there's only been one episode and this is the their entrance episodes. So how they all first meet Hannah mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, basically make their impression. So the limousine intro entrances. So our first off, I'm not just going to go through all of them. I'm going to go through the ones that I found noteworthy or just cringeworthy. <laughs> uh, the first guy I remember is Joe, who calls himself the Box King. And he does this because he's part of a boxing company. And naturally, how not he boxing. To... He's part of a box company, not boxing like the sports. Like a... Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah not a boxing box. company. He yeah. doesn't punch people. Yeah. He, uh, he ships, th- he puts things in boxes, basically. Yeah. Or makes the boxes. Yeah, I think is. he makes the boxes. He makes the boxes. Yeah. So he decided to have himself shipped in a box and placed right in front of Hannah. And, you know, she's like, hmm, what's this box doing here? And, you know, he just jumped out and said hi. <laughs> Honestly, that reminded me of like the jack in the box. That stuff is scary. So uh-huh. I don't know if that, that would like work as like a good intro it didn't but, it didn't uh, work it did it didn't because he didn't get past the first round this is good advice to all guys out there that are trying to make a good first impression do not jump out of a box 
<laughs> most people wouldn't. So yeah, most I don't think you have to worry about but that. Now it's a tried and failed method of uh, making a good first impression. So yep. don't jump out of the box towards someone that you're trying to impress. Mm-hmm. Uh, do something else. <laughs> All right. So here's another uh, kind of cringeworthy moment. So there's this guy whose name is Matt Donald. Sounds like McDonald. It, it does sound like McDonald. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's apparently what he wanted her to remember him as. Uh, so he came in on a tractor singing his own song of old McDonald, except it was old Matt Donald. And I got to say, oh, my God, I think I actually in real life face palmed like I put my hand on my forehead. That was that bad. <laughs> and, you know, honestly, I can't remember if he made it or not. Past I don't think so. Round. He didn't. But I don't think so. I, I, if he did, I would seriously question Hannah's decision-making skills. Um, also, but, though, the weird part is is he was not a farmer, so it just was really out of the blue. Yeah, he wasn't a farmer. His name was just Matt Donald. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was pretty weird. But then there's this, this other guy whose name was Peter, who I think Mary thinks is going to go far. I think so. Uh, he's, he's an airplane pilot, and, you know, everyone says women like guys in uniform. So he decided to dress up as his... Uh, very smooth looking pilot self mm-hmm. and uh needless to say he got past that round uh you you do think he's gonna go far right Mary? i think so i yeah. i mean she seemed to like him a lot and you know he was one of the more normal ones yeah he was, he was normal he didn't come in out of a box or you know singing about an old song <laughs> mm-hmm. uh so then there's cam who actually got the first impression rose uh, the first time around, they so had, like, five, they five had like, after the final rose, after the last season ended, they had after the final rose, and she got introduced to five of the guys, and Cam was one of them. Right. And she gave so, a rose to him then. Right. And the reason she gave a rose to him then was because he did, like, some sort of rap lyrics, uh, rapped about her home college area in Alabama, and he was like, roll tide. And she's like, oh, my God, he, he said something mm-hmm. about Alabama. And, uh, you know, she was just swept off her feet and gave him the first impression rose. So second time around, he decided to, for some reason, I think he thought that the thing that swept her off her feet was the rapping and not the fact that he was singing. <laughs> and about he's not that good at rapping. Her important to her. Yeah. So he just decided to start randomly rapping again. And it literally had nothing to do with her. Like, he was just rhyming random things together. And, uh, oh, God, it, it, it's just, it was just very cringeworthy. But unfortunately, she had already given him a rose a few yeah, months she, ago when they f- filmed that. And so exactly. he, so he already got went past on. That round already. Um, also, by the way. I saw online that there was a count of how many times Roll Tide was said in this two-hour episode, and it was 11 times. So I will have to keep a tally of how many times this is said overall in the entire season. But, I mean, 11 times in the first episode is quite a bit. Yeah, that's a lot. That'd be like if someone said, like, go Zags, like, every other sentence. <laughs> yeah. Not every other sentence, but a lot. Mm-hmm. All right, so then we have our first, like, drama of the series. So... As everyone's going around uh, enjoying their cocktails and, uh, you know, not getting into drunken fights just yet, uh, and everyone seems to be having a good time and chatting it up with each other. One of Hannah's old friends uh, was... Who so I there's... In- it was two girls who were on the last season with her, two of her bachelor friends. Um, right. They were in a van nearby watching everyone. And I guess one of them had gotten a message on Instagram from someone saying that one of the guys who was there tonight uh, had a girlfriend still. Right. So they are they're in the van watching all the security footage of the party that's going on. And they're trying to, like, pick out which guy's the, 
the one that shouldn't be there more or less because he has a girlfriend and you know they're basically judging this based off their their face and their interactions with hannah which i don't know if it's that good of a uh way to figure out if someone's cheating but eventually they actually did uh uh have a a person in mind and his name was scott so they told hannah and she was angry so he was just in the middle of everyone sipping his cocktail and she storms in she's like scott we need to talk now everyone knows what that means when someone says we need to talk that means just freaking run for the hills get the (laughs) heck out uh yeah just you don't want to be there because you know it's all about to go down and uh so she she kind of like takes him away from the group and she like chews him out and she wriggled the truth out of him apparently he had a girlfriend within the last week uh before shooting the actual bachelorette Mm-hmm. So that's extremely, 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 uh, I guess, immoral. <laughs> and the worst and, part is, is that uh, he was like, well, what's different between how you just dated Colton? And oh, she's like, oh, it's God, so different. She got really she's mad. Like, well, you were just on The Bachelor, which uh-huh. the, the time difference and the only difference really is, is the time. <laughs> like it'd been like, what, half a year or something? Well, like that. no, no. She started filming it like probably within a month of finishing yeah, probably oh, like okay. three months with it and finishing The Bachelor. But yeah. the difference was that he hadn't, he like was just keeping a girl at home. Right. Just right. in case and he she, didn't get far enough on The Bachelor, he would still have a girlfriend waiting for him when he got home. Whereas like right. she and, was done with Colton, he has a girlfriend. Right, right. So, so she was fully, he wasn't even fully committed to her uh, while uh, Hannah was committed to everyone else. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the main difference. And apparently she actually thought that he would come back to her. So he's like leading her on too. Yeah. So she, so Hannah didn't want any of it and she kicked him out. And uh, that, that started all the drama on the bachelorette this season. I mean, so. what's the big surprise? Like I feel like stuff like this happens at some point in the season, not always on the first episode. Just not usually on the, the first day. <laughs> yeah. He didn't think that one through. Yeah. But yeah, so that was what happened on, our episode one i will give you guys an update on what happens on either episode two or three or if something interesting happens maybe not all of the episodes but i'm sure there'll be plenty of drama and you guys will be the first to hear about it <laughs> yeah i guess so um yeah i think it's gonna be an interesting season again we're gonna see how many times roll tide is said but as of now i think it's 10 or 11 and we'll keep count <laughs> it's gonna go up dramatically i'm sure especially once they get to hometowns and Yeah, they're actually in Alabama. Okay, so for our last segment, we're going to go over um, two weird news articles that I heard about this week. First, we're going to talk about, let's see where to go. Oh, here, moon earthquakes. So want to give you some facts about the moon first. Um, the moon is the fifth largest in the solar planet in the solar system, has a circumference of nearly 6,800 miles, and it's 3.7 times smaller than Earth. Um, and scientists actually believe that it was once part of Earth, but uh, broke off after a collision with a Mars-sized space rock about 4.5 billion years ago. And it's been slowly cooling ever since, and with that shrinking as its interior temperature drops. And because of that, it's shrinking as it drops. Uh, It's gotten more than 150 feet skinnier over the last several hundred million years. So, I mean, it takes a while. It's actually actually getting smaller then. Yeah. That's that's pretty interesting. And so they say just like a grape uh, wrinkles when it shrinks down to a raisin, the moon is also um, getting more wrinkly. It's getting old. It's getting old. (laughs) Um, 
But unlike the flexible skin on a grape, the moon's surface surface crust is brittle, so it's been breaking as the moon shrinks, which forms thrust faults, where one section of the crust is pushed over a neighboring part, which causes earthquakes. Um, and these quakes have been fairly strong, around five on the Richter scale. Oh. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, I really hadn't put too much thought into moon earthquakes, whether it was just all one plate or a bunch yeah. of different ones. But I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I guess we'll have to keep that in mind if we ever uh, get to colonizing Mars. <laughs> I mean, in billions and billions of years from now, we might not well, have the moon be, anymore. <laughs> I don't know, millions. I don't know, a long time from now. I mean, once the moon just, like, disappears into nothingness. Oh, we, yeah, because it's shrinking. Yeah, it's shrinking. <laughs> about that. Yeah. You can't really build a civilization on that. No, uh, <laughs> we'll yeah. Um, and then the other... A weird news article that I heard about this week is um, there was a list that was published of the sexiest accents in America. And so they ranked 50 um, accents, American accents. Uh, This website called Big 7 Travel did their study. And from their 1.5 million social media audience, they have officially ranked the sexiest and least sexiest accents in in America. Now, I'm not going to go over all of them, but... um, I'll start with the least sexiest accent, apparently, is Long Island. Um, <laughs> that's so that's too bad. And then after that, I was just going to do the top 10 accents, but uh have to go with the top 11 because number 11 is the Northwest. <laughs> and so didn't want to leave out um, Washington and Oregon. Yep, that, but, that Washington accent. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, they say that it is found in Washington and Oregon and has features of the Canadian and California vowel shift. Um, so basically, the main feature is that uh, the letter E in words like egg sound more like A-Y, egg. Um, so that's like the main feature of the Oregon and Washington accent. Um, number 10 is California. So congrats, Brian, um, even though you didn't actually grow up in California. But the typical Californian accent is similar to the general American accent, um, and so that means that most American ears can't really hear this type of accent at all. Uh, but basically, the vowels are super long. And that's like the main feature of the Californian accent. Now, going down the list more, the included in the top 10 are St. Louis, Philadelphia, Hawaiian, Mississippi, Chicago, and Maine. But then the top three. Um, number three is New York. This is the okay. most recognizable dialect of all of America. In all of America, probably because of lots of movies, the movies. being yeah, yeah in New York. Uh, basically, New York speakers have long vowels and short A's, and they are fast and hypernasal, and those <laughs> are the main features of a New York accent. And then number two, Bostonian accent is number two, sexiest in America. Um, this is one of the most imitated and parodied accents, and... Uh, Here's just what they say about this is Pak ya ka and Havid yod. Basically, <laughs> <Pak> they, <ya-ka. laughs> yeah, basically they just don't say their R's as much. So when I went to Boston a few years ago, there was like shirts all over that said like wicked smot. And uh, yeah, so I guess oh, that's... You know who that reminds me of actually. What? Uh, I don't know if this is true, but that kind of reminds me of like those old films with like JFK talking. I don't know if it was from Boston, but that do you, do you, do you remember any of those? No. Or no. No. Oh, okay. I'm not sure where he was from, but okay. Well, that's what I'm getting thoughts of at least. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, and then last but not least, the sexiest accent in America. Are you ready for this, Brian? All right. What is it? Um, sexiest accent is the Texan drawl. Oh, okay. Um, basically, the typical Texan accent is a southern accent with a twist, and it has strong R's and plenty of howdies. Howdy that, do. <laughs> yeah, howdy. Um, howdy. That is the main feature of this uh, Texan accent. And so, yeah. So there's, you know, lots that didn't go over, but now we have the least sexiest accent, um, Long Island, and now you have the top 11. Had to do 11. <laughs> Normally we just do top 10, but well, can't I'm cut myself out of this. And Washington made the list. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like every accent made the list. Just had to see where oh, right. on the list it made it. And, I mean, America's pretty unique for having so many varieties of an accent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, this is some weird news. And uh, congrats to anyone who lives in Texas for having the sexiest accent in America. Yeah, I might just have to start watching some Texan videos and practicing that accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be pretty weird if you just started talking with a Texas accent, yeah. even if you've never lived there before. <laughs> Wrapping up, remember to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen, and so that new episodes will be available as soon as you release the new episodes. And you can get a free audiobook from Audible by going to audibletrial.com slash podcast. And please, please leave us a review on iTunes and we'll give you a special shout out on our next podcast. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash sassstoriesarcasm and on Instagram at sassstoriesarcasm. Once again, thanks for listening. Yep, thanks for listening and have a great week. <laughs>